Hey guys, welcome to You Got This, The Journey. I'm your host, Shannon Andrus. I'm on a journey right now to become the absolute best version of me. I want to find ways that I can improve mentally, physically, and spiritually. So every week, I'm going to open up about my journey and talk about tips and tricks of what's working for me and what's not working for me. I'll also be interviewing guests who will share their stories too. Together, we will inspire one another to become the absolute best versions of ourselves. So join me every week on this journey. And remember, you got this. Journeyers, hello. I hope you are having an awesome week. My week has been a roller coaster as life always is, <laughs> right? I'll get into that in a little bit in my journey updates. I am honestly pretty frazzled and overwhelmed coming onto the microphone right now. I'm pretty stressed and I'll share with you why, but don't worry. You only have to listen to this for a few minutes before you listen to a really great interview with my friend, Rachel. Rachel is a powerhouse woman who is a super mama, I'm going to say, and she helps women to practice more self-care, self-love, and learn how to find that balance of prioritizing yourself so that you can show up better for you and live your life in fulfillment, but also show up better for people around you as well. So it was a really great conversation with her, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Let's get into some journey updates because it's been quite the week, you guys, quite the week. Okay, so you know how I was saying in my mental health journey update, how important it is to have really good friends in your life. Well, I am a freaking blessed lady here because I have really the best friends, the best friends. Like they are just, they're gold. There's rare friends like this in the world. <laughs> I'll share with you why. Okay. So this past Saturday, we all planned to get together for a girls weekend. And it's me and one other girl that are both engaged right now kind of happened around the same time for us. And then our two other friends who have just been freaking amazing, freaking amazing through celebrating and supporting us through this process. And we've celebrated a lot. We celebrated my friend's engagement. Then they threw a surprise like hibachi dinner for the two of us. I didn't think there was any more surprising to happen. Like we've celebrated this a lot. So I planned to have them over for a pool day and it was going to be themed as drinking around the United States. So you had to pick a state and you'd bring a food and drink from that state. So we all would have different food and drinks to have, whatever. I show up late because my friends and me, I felt like, you know, like we're always late, like no big deal, whatever. Little did I know I was showing up late to my own surprise engagement party. And they had the room decorated with balloons, gifts, cheesecake, glasses, champagne. And it would really, really surprise me. I was like not expecting any more celebrations, but they wanted to make sure I had just my celebration with my girls. And I swear, like I just was on cloud nine and I still am just thinking about how awesome that was and like how good of friends that I have. And I'm going to brag about them. I'm going to brag the shit out of them right now because it's just amazing. Like it really meant so much to me that they did that. And it's not a money thing or anything like that, but it's, it's effort. It's just that effort and, and to show love and appreciation for somebody, you know, and I'm just 
so, so lucky to have those girls in my life. And it was an amazing, amazing weekend with them and family. And I hope you guys had a great and safe holiday weekend too. And I was pumped. You know, this week I was like, wow, what a way to start the week. I have that surprise with my friends. Then I got engagement photos this week. And then we have our our actual engagement party that Kyle and I are hosting for all of our friends and family at our house. Like I was so pumped. And especially because Kyle and I haven't really hosted a party at our house yet. We've had people over, you know, we've had some friends, some family, but not everybody all together for one big party. And so I was so excited because you guys know for my birthday, I was going to do an engagement birthday party, but then I got freaking COVID. And so I was so excited to finally be able to have this party with everybody you know, and just see people. And like, I have friends from college who haven't seen the house yet and people from all over that were coming in. It was just so exciting. Well, I, I was, I was a bit of a a selfish brat this week. Let me tell you something. A lot of people couldn't come because it was rescheduled due to COVID. And then some people ended up getting COVID and are not able to come now. And I started to like, freak out. And I feel really guilty saying this because like the most important thing is that everybody is safe and healthy. And that has been my concern since like the people who reach out to me, you know, did it's definitely that like, I want to make sure that everybody's going to be okay. But I started to get so upset because I felt like shit, like the first time we tried doing this party, COVID ruined it because it got me sick. And now there's people who now can't come because they're sick. And I'm just, I'm so freaking sick of this virus taking away these moments. And I'm not going to lie. I cried hysterically. I was so upset. Like it just felt like everything was falling apart. And then in that moment, I found out my engagement photos were canceled due to the weather. Like it just felt like, why is everything going wrong. And I had a major pity party. Okay. I had to take a step back and chill. Like I was really, really upset you guys because I, oh, it's, uh, it's so much. I'm not even going to dive into the whole thing, but you know, when like you have certain expectations and pressures on a certain day, and I'm going to try and keep this in mind for when it comes to my wedding. Cause I think my engagement party was a good taste of what can happen when you do this. So there's an event in life, right? Like something really big that you have that day and you have high expectations that it's going to go perfect. Nothing will go wrong. Even if you say like, oh yeah, like, you know, not everything's going to go perfect in your head. You have it the way that you want it to go. So then when one hiccup happens, no matter how small it is, it feels like the end of the world. It does. It feels so intense overwhelming and you're just pissed off. It's like if you were going to work one day and you had a major meeting and you were like so excited for that meeting, you were ready to present, you were so prepared, you were going to get up early, get ready and get there. And it was going to be the best meeting ever. But of course it's the morning that maybe you overslept or you spilled coffee on your outfit. So you had to stay home and get changed and it took longer for you to get there. And then you were stuck in traffic and then you got rear-ended. And you know, it's just like when we have these high expectations, it feels like, oh, when something goes wrong, it's like everything goes wrong. And then we get so stressed and overwhelmed. And for me, when I'm stressed and overwhelmed, the tears are just freaking flowing, man. Poor Kyle. He has to deal with my emotional ass like no other. But it's in those moments that I think it's important to focus on what is going right. Like for my situation, okay? What's going right is that the people who unfortunately can't make it are safe and they're okay and that they're going to be fine. And what's important is that I have 
other friends and family that I get to celebrate with this weekend and the people who can't come, I'm going to find another time to be with them. But it's okay. Like everybody is fine. Everything is okay. So why are you stressed and getting so upset about this? But I did. And I was, I was afraid to talk about this on the podcast because I felt extremely selfish. It felt like, gosh, there's people who are seriously getting so sick from COVID dealing with, you know, a whole new lifestyle now from some of the side effects that they've had. There's people who have lost loved ones and I'm crying over a backyard barbecue, you know, and I just felt so shitty about that. I didn't want to come on here for for anybody to think it's like, geez, get over yourself, get over your wedding. But I wanted to share it because I think so many of us have these like freakouts that happen when we have these big, exciting things that are happening and they don't go perfect. We freak out. And I did this week. I did. And I I couldn't in that moment take a step back. I, I couldn't, when I was going through it, sit back and go, okay, but here's what's going right. It was later on after I came down from the height of that stressful situation that I was able to reflect and say, okay, what is important here? You know? And so I think for me, I want to take that forward to my wedding day. And for all of you, I want you to take this into consideration for any major events that you have coming up, whether it's a party you're hosting, your wedding, um, your pregnancy, whatever it may be. Just know that something is not going to go how you planned it. Okay. So what we want to focus on is what's going right and what at the core of all this matters. Even though it's hard as shit to do in the moment, I think that's what we all need to focus on and do. And you guys, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to give you updates next week on how the party goes and the engagement photos because we were luckily able to reschedule them for next week on a brighter day. So all is good. But I seriously need to get my ass up and go get ready because the party's tomorrow and because it was a short week because of the holiday weekend, I haven't done shit. I felt like this week went so fast and I still got to clean my house, get everything together, blah, blah, blah. But it's a good stress. It's an exciting stress. I'm not going to look at this as a negative. It's good. It's it's a stress for something really exciting that's happening. And I hope you guys are doing great. You have something exciting happening this week for you too. And yeah, journeyers, I love you. I love you. I love you. Continue to send me your wedding engagement questions, mental health questions, any questions. I love answering them in the net in next week's next week I feel like I'm starting a song anyway sorry I it's early it's like not even 8 a.m I had to record this so that I could go clean my house and everything anyway send me your questions then next week's episode I can answer them it's going to be a solo episode but until then you have this awesome interview that you get to listen to right now with my good friend Rachel here it is. All right. Hello, my journeyers, and welcome to another episode of You Got This, The Journey. I'm your host, Shannon Andrus. And with me today, I have an awesome powerhouse female badass with me, Rachel Amarante, who's going to talk all about self-love and getting your power back, being a mom, being a woman in this world, just all things we ladies need to talk about. So Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, me too. You know, it's interesting. Like, I feel like there's so many different ways this conversation can go with you because it's like, I know like you're a mom, I'm not a mom, but then Mm -hmm. it's like, you talk to, to women of, of all walks of life. I feel like it's not, not just moms, but you know, women who aren't there yet are thinking about it, Mm -hmm. but I think empowerment is just like the focus of it. And that's, what's so important. Yeah, it really is. And I, I feel like 
the power within us, it doesn't actually matter what we have going on in our external worlds. Motherhood is, is, is a journey that I chose and that I am on. It may not be someone else's journey and that's okay. They still, we all, our, our power comes from within us, regardless of what's going on in the external world. And I think I really connected and resonated with you in the work that you do, because I feel like some of the path that both of us have been on is very similar and we're in, we're completely different parts of our times in our lives. And I really think that that's an important thing to remember as we look at another woman, we actually have no idea what's going on in their life. Yeah. And we have, the, we have the opportunity to love, support, empathize, or we can criticize, judge, and compare. And I think that again, that all starts from who we are within us and how we have taught ourselves to redefine that woman over and over and over again, regardless of our circumstance. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate that so much because I think we live, it's an interesting time. Like I think there's so much of women supporting women, which is positive, but there's also people who I think just say that, but they don't really act on it. And so it's like, people are, you know, saying they support women, but we're rooting against one another doing comparison syndrome and Mm -hmm. really hoping the other one falls flat on their face. I mean, it's a slippery slope of like, who's actually a woman supporting women and who's not. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you, and this is what I practice for myself is that I turn around and I look inward. And if I know that I am a good person putting good out into the world or trying my best to do that every day, then I will attract those people. And I have, and you do too. And it's, and, and so again, I, we can never control, you know, anyone in the external world. I learned that in motherhood because I got really good at trying to control. I have four little boys and the oldest is 11 right now. So they're still pretty young, but for a long time, I was like, well, I, I can control this situation and then make everything perfect. Mm-hmm. And if I can control it, then it'll be just the way I need it to be to survive, to find happiness, to be successful, whatever it was. And you can't actually control anyone, even your kids. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of the change. We're afraid of transformation or pivot. We've been taught in a society as women to stay the same, to be ageless, to, you know, have perfectly gorgeously tan skin, but never one wrinkle from the actual sun. I mean, all I could, we could go on and on. Yeah. And so I think that because for such a long time, we've been taught to stay the same, that when our life changes, our body changes, our careers change, or we just feel like changing it's we're met with resistance. Um, so I guess going back to the women supporting women sort of play. And it is kind of like a, it's become like a trendier thing. Right. right? So I think that, you know, going back to that, you, you have to be a little careful about, um, the women that you, that you let into your inner circle and, and, and maybe that's okay. Cause that, that inner circle could change over and over and over again. Yes. 100%. I feel like I've spoken a lot about the importance of community on this Mm -hmm. podcast and how, like in my own journey, like friendships have changed, new friendships have come along, which is both heartbreaking and great at the same time. Like it's a really crazy roller coaster, but you know, before we jump into like the whole self-love conversation, because I'm, Mm. I'm just so curious to like, see your take on it and how you've so good at having it in your life. I I do want to go back though and hear more about your story because 
I love that you empower women, you help them define their power, but it makes me think that something happened to you yes. where you had to find your power. Yeah. And now, yeah. So if you don't mind, I'd love to hear your story yeah. about that. Yes. I would. Yeah. I would love to share that. So, um, like I said, I have four boys. I was in corporate marketing in my past life. And then I stayed home with my boys for, um, seven years and went back to work, um, about five years ago and founded a very successful, amazing small business that, um, really took over my life. And for a long time, it was a really great thing. I learned so much. Um, we hustled and we traveled and we had 15 women working for us in this business. It was a very successful small business. It still is. And about halfway through that point, maybe like, I don't know, two years ago or so, I started getting this gut feeling that something wasn't right, that this wasn't actually for me anymore. And I did not want to listen to that because on the outside, this job, this career, this place felt very successful externally. Mm -hmm. It was climbing the ladder that we are all told that we should climb. And and that, if that is your passion and that is your, if you know, in your heart and your soul, that that is where you're supposed to be, then go ahead, climb, like bust that ceiling right open by all means. But for me at that time, at a time when COVID was happening and we're in St. Paul, Minnesota. So George Floyd was very apparent in our community. And I had a lot of explaining and a lot of holding of my children to do at that time. Mm -hmm. It just felt like it wasn't the place for me. And in the meantime, I had women asking me who are younger without kids saying, Oh my God, you have four kids and you're helping run this business and all these things. How do you do it? And because we were taught to say, to nod our heads and say like, Oh, you know, it's, it's all fine. It's all, you know, we just, we make it work. That's what I said. (laughs) But in, but in reality, I was like, oh, but actually there's like an in total shit storm happening right behind me that nobody else can see and that nobody's talking about. Mm-hmm. So I took all of that and finally had to make the decision that I, that I had to leave. And it was just, wasn't, it wasn't the place that the world needed me anymore. And so I did that. And in doing that, I found what I'm actually probably supposed to be doing in this world. And I have two books that are going to be published this spring and another one that my heart is in that I'm working on right now being published later this year, early next year. And I speak um, to women, to organizations about things like this, about how to ground down into yourself, to look and to find where to go next. Mm -hmm. And the power that comes from pivoting and transforming instead of staying the same or controlling your life to try to stay the same, how, when you pivot and move, that is when all the doors fly open. Yeah. I mean, I have to ask, like, how hard was it to leave that job? Because I feel like that success can get addictive and then, you know, the income with it and not only the income, but also like the reputation and and just everything. I mean, how hard was it for you to actually make the decision to leave? I mean, it took me a really long time time to make that decision. And in the midst of that, of course, there were amazing days and amazing things and, and stuff that would make me think, Oh, wait, never mind. I actually do want to be here. And this is my place or whatever. But I think that there were a couple key moments in my family. I always ask for guidance. I always ask whether it's an angel or mother earth or just the universe to provide me a way. And that's 
always how I get my answers of where to go next. Mm-hmm. So I think that there were a couple major clues that happened where, whether it was my kids were out of control or I was asked to do things that I didn't feel comfortable with doing. Um, and so it just came to a culmination of like, I actually have no idea what's happening next, but I know that right now my gut is screaming at me to make this choice. Um, and it was, it was still hard after, you know, it was Mm -hmm. hard to figure out what I wanted to do next. Um, and some days I look back and think if I chose a different road, but, but, but there isn't actually really any point in us doing that is there? Cause we can't go backwards. And I yeah. know that I'm on the right path now. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's interesting because at that time you don't know what's going to happen. You couldn't predict your yeah. life would be where it is now. And you just had to give total trust and faith and just yeah. dive in and think whatever's going to happen is meant yeah. to be, to, to be, but you had to trust your intuition and just go for yeah. it. And now you probably look back and, and again, you could always question like what, paths you went on, but it was like, thank God you listened to your intuition. You could have gone through burnout. You could have really, mm-hmm. you know, hurt or just lost relationship in, in your family. That's important. So, you know, yeah. thank God you had that trust in yourself and knew it was the best decision for you. Yeah. And I think burnout's a really great point. I mean, I think I was definitely burnt out. I think all of us have been burnt out in one way or another, or many ways in the last few years. And perhaps that provides us an opportunity to think, okay, so what would my life look like if I didn't want to burn out again, Mm -hmm. you know, and what changes could I make to my life? And maybe it's not a career move because maybe you're not able to do that right now. Maybe, maybe it's not moving across the country because you want to be a surfer now, but it's small things that you can do in your daily life. If you find what your purpose and your passion is. Yes. I'm so, yeah, yeah, I'm so happy that you said that because I think a lot of people here pivot, passion, purpose, and they think it's big, crazy risks and they're uprooting their life. And yeah, it doesn't have to be, it could be the smallest Mm -hmm. adjustments every day of just listening to like, what's in your gut. Yes. I I have to say, I love, 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 love. And I mean this hundred percent that I can hear your kids in the background. Cause it's like, it's so true. (laughs) No, but it's so great. Cause it's like, it's so true to who you are. It's like kids in the background, but I'm here, I'm running it. I got, I know I have locked the door. I have said, I will be out for dinner soon. And I asked them to be a little quieter, but there are four boys. So I appreciate that you embrace the reality of life. I I love it. I think it's just like, so perfect with your message. It's like, all right, she's a mom. She's on here and she's, she's doing it. Yeah. yeah. So before you became a mom and before you went through you know, this journey of motherhood, were you practicing self-love a lot? Or was it like after you had kids that you found, I need to like prioritize me? No, it was, it was definitely after actually. Um, and it wasn't like I was not being kind to myself. I just didn't know how much I needed it. Mm -hmm. So in the way that I take care of my body now from a nutrition perspective was definitely brought to light when I had three babies in less than two and a half years. And everyone was getting sick all the time. And I was like, this is not going to happen in my house. I don't Mm want to be sick. I need more energy. I have work to do and I want to live a happy life. I don't want to be sick all the time. And so I made that massive pivot to, um, really studying nutrition, studying how I moved my body and I still do. And that's going to continue to change through our whole lives as our hormones change and all the lovely things. So, (laughs) but I think that, I think that I was taught self-care by my mother 
in a very positive way. She never spoke about scales or dieting or anything like that and really took time to take care of herself. So I think it was in me, but I didn't know how much I needed it until I was in survival mode, Mm -hmm. which is probably not the most healthy thing, but that's my path. Well, I think that that is sometimes how people get to that point. Like, I don't think people just every day practice self-love when they're feeling great. They're positive. There's no problems (laughs) in life. And then it's like, oh shit, like things are happening and I'm not feeling well. Like I got to take care of myself because something's got to change here. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's true. That's true. Um, and, and, and maybe, you know, my hope is that I don't want women to have to burn out before they realize what they need. Yeah. And I think that, again, going back to supporting one another, is that something that we can help each other with? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just put something on social media today because it was very top of mind, but it was like, ask if you need something, ask if you want to elevate your business, ask somebody who's already done it. If you need to know how to, if you want to know how to, um, you know, sleep train your child, ask a mother, Mm -hmm. you know, like we, those are the, those are the small, simple questions that we can ask each other as women And I, for one, will always be there to answer a DM, a phone call, whatever it is, because that they're just little tiny things that we can do for each other. Yeah. You know, it's, this is such weird timing, but it's like, I literally had therapy last week and I was talking with my therapist about how I'm like, just catching up all the time, like in my business, it's like, I'm just getting to everything and I need to hire an assistant because it's just too much. But it was weird. Like my mindset when I went to therapy was, oh, like, I can't believe I can't keep up with this. Like, I feel like I'm failing. I can't believe I have to pass something off to somebody. And she had to help me change my mindset. Just like you're saying, it's like, you're up leveling. It's it's success. This is a positive thing, but you have to ask for help. But I think for a lot of women, it's not even just business. Like you said, if it's like sleep training or whatever it may be, I think they, that a lot of women do look at it as like failure or, or as like weakness of having to ask for help. I definitely went through that in motherhood too. And I think it's a pretty normal thing for women in any business, you know, entrepreneurs, especially, especially when it's your income, your money that you are working hard for. And it's a trust thing too. Like it's not easy to go and hire an assistant. That takes a lot of work yeah. to hire a good <laughs> assistant, hire a good, you know, partner or whatever you need. But I think that it is probably the most important thing that I'm still working on in my life is to ask for help for Mm -hmm. sure. But every time I do it, like 90% of the time, 99% of the time they say, yes, yeah, sure. Love to help you. I'd love to teach you that. I'd love to, you know, do this with you or whatever it is. And so again, when you're so grounded and rooted in yourself and what you are really going for, you know what to ask and people are going to say yes. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that there's a lot of things we have to be a bit more selfish with, you know, and that's something we have yes. to be selfish with is how it's going to help us and how it's going to, you yep. know, bring us to that next phase. Guess out of the current struggle that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking of selfishness, when you decided, you know, I'm at a point where I need to be practicing self-love and I need to be taking care of myself. A lot of women struggle with the fact that we're being selfish, but we are being selfish in a good way. But did yeah. you struggle with that at all? You know, I don't think I did <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, I looked at it. I never looked at it as being selfish. And I do think that a lot of that came from my mother because she took care of herself. Mm-hmm. And so it felt normal to me to do the same. 
And which is probably a very powerful reason and why I want my boys to see me doing what I'm doing, because that is what I want them to recognize in women. And I think that it is a very widely, um, it's, it's upsetting that, that women think so widely that it's, it's selfish to take care of ourselves. Um, and look, as we are diving into the self-care topic, I think that self-care is super trendy. Mm -hmm. So when I say self-care some weeks, that for me is hauling ass to the grocery store, getting the laundry done, writing the pieces I need to write and picking up all the kids at school. Like some days, some days that's self-care to me because I'm getting my stuff done. I'm getting my mother life in order so that I can then the next day focus on either the writing or the speaking or, you know, the, the conversations that I need to have. So self-care isn't always let's, you know, grab some wine and walk around target, you know, self-care is sometimes hustling and hauling ass in our businesses, but that is taking care of ourselves because that's, uh, that's for us. That's to, to, to get us to level up and meet our goals that we want to meet. Yeah. You know, that's literally exactly what I was just going to ask you. Cause I think that a lot of people like self-care is so trendy, but we don't know what we're defining as self-care. Like a lot of people yeah. think it's like a trip to the nail salon, which don't get me wrong. I love getting yes, my nails glorious. done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like <laughs> if you had to, to narrow it down to what you could tell somebody like self-care is because there's so many practices, just like you said, grocery yeah. store, running errands, yeah. doing laundry, like that could be a form of self-care. Like yeah, how would you define it? So I actually flip it around. And for me, self-care is taking care of myself. So I don't look at it like it's never added on my to-do list. Um, It's never, you know, something that feels like a treat, let's say, you know, like I would say to my kids, but it's something that I need every day to be the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. And don't my kids deserve that? Doesn't my husband deserve that? Don't my friends and my coworkers deserve that? Yeah, they do. The world needs us all as women to be the best that we can be. Mm-hmm. So instead of self-caring, you know, and we like, I mean, here's how a, and I'm a little bit older than you, but in my, I feel like my age women, it's like, let's set up a spa day for self-care. However, in order to get to the spa day, you have to cancel six meetings, reschedule all of them, make sure everyone has dinner. Everyone's going to their sports at the right time. You have to do all this planning just to get to your two hours of your spa. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, that's, that's not, that's amazing. And I would do that, but I don't really consider that self-care. That's just something that I do to take care of myself. Um, and I think maybe switching that it's just, a, just switching your mindset. Yeah. You know, I I was thinking about this a lot before our conversation today. And I was thinking about like, I think in all walks of life, you know, the, how you take care of yourself is going to be different too. And I was thinking about how, like a lot of girls like my age and even younger than me, like, it's like, you see it all the time. Like we're going to get our nails done, or I'm just going to use that example this whole time. But then I thought about like, okay, there's the girls and I've, I've done this myself. You go to the nail salon and you're on your phone doing yeah. shit the whole yes. time. So like, yes. are you really taking care of yourself? No. Is it really self-care or are no. you just like, Mm-mm. yeah. So I think that's important too. It's like, I think there's, it's just like you said, it's like the mindset of it, like behind the act of what you're doing. And like, are you present there? Are you taking care of yeah. you or are you just like 
doing the thing that everyone right. says you should do. Which you should do. Exactly. And that is, that is something that I hang my hat on for all women. When I talk in either small groups or in larger settings or one-on-one is removing the should mm-hmm. removing the expectations that you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And this falls directly into, you know, the, the, the whole self-care trendiness and two things that I do, two questions I ask myself almost every day that really helped me to take care of myself that day is I ask what the world needs of me. And I ask what my heart needs. And I don't think about it too much, but answers come to my head or feelings or whatever. And sometimes it is hustle or that sometimes it's like, you need to dance a little bit more around. You need to have more fun. You need to sit down. Um, and I really use what comes up without thinking about it too much as a way to guide me for my day. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's some, it's not usually monumental. Like we said, like, we're not, it's not like, please fly to Australia this afternoon. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, it's not, it's not like that. It is simply a mind shift of how we take care of ourselves that day and understand that every day, our version of self-care is going to look different. But it, but yeah, being on your phone, working through all those things, those are just checking things off your to-do list. Right. So, you know, I'm curious, do you have a morning routine or practices, practices that you do? Like those two questions that you ask, is it part of a bunch of things or how do you like to start your day? Yeah. Like definitely wake up earlier than the rest of my household. I am the only woman in this house and I need some sort of peace in my day. So I try to get up between five and five 30 and I either, depending on what my day looks like, I either work out right away or I use that time to write. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have a green juice and a bunch of amazing supplements and coffee quietly before anyone can talk to me. <laughs> um, and the questions that I ask actually are a conversation that I have with my boys every day on the way to school. So they are prompted with those questions too. Um, And, and that's, yeah, that's, that's really how I start my day. I'm not a really good meditator. I know I should be because I know the benefits are amazing, but I'm just not that great at it. So Mm -hmm. I started, I do a walking meditation where it's either I'm moving through a yoga practice or I'm physically walking outside. I'm not, I'm not allowed to have my phone. I don't even have a meditation app. I like have not no technology with me. As long as I'm in nature, it feels very um, at home and I'm feel very at peace. And I use that as a, as a reminder of whatever came from that, those questions in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like that you've have found a way to do the things that are helping you because it's like we were saying before, like a lot of people think I should meditate. Let yes. me sit Indian style <laughs> with my hands open on my leg and yeah. just breathe, you know, and yeah. for everyone it's different. And it's like, you have to take care of you and do it, 100%, what percent, right. 100%. And like, don't get me wrong. I love the idea of sitting, you know, with my legs crossed and my palms up and breathing deeply. And I love that idea. Like sounds so peaceful to me, but when I sit there and do it, I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Well, got to move on. <laughs> um, and it just, it's not for me, but I think the point is that, and I do think that this is something that I wish I knew before I had kids when I was younger is that there's going to be so much information about what we should do. And it, Mm -hmm. and it's that much more in motherhood. 
how you should bounce back, how you should pivot your career, how you should, I mean, there's going to be thousands of opinions. And what I wish I knew is that those are all great. I will always listen to experts. I will always take advice from nutritionists and, um, you know, powerhouse CEO women and, um, the exercise world. And I love that information, but I also have a shield up that Mm -hmm. I created and that shield can't really like, you can't penetrate that. So Mm -hmm. I'll take the information, but I've also learned to use only what feels of value to me and my joy. And if it doesn't make me have joy, if it just creates more BS in my life, then I just say, no, thank you. You know, this is something that I think is very important because there's so many self-help books and so many podcasts we listen to and all these people where it's like, you should do this. This is what successful Mm -hmm. people do. And this is what you should be doing if you want to get to next step. And I think like a lot of people get overwhelmed with that. And that's why they don't actually take action because they're like, wait, what should I do? Like that works for Ben something, but like, it's not going to work for me. Like, (laughs) yes, yes. It's so funny that you say that because actually my, my book that it's coming out later um, next year is talks just about that. It's like, we have these amazing, I have them all. I have the amazing self-help books and I love them. Mm-hmm. I have pages folded. They're all highlighted up and I reference them every year or so. But I, when I set them down at night, I get up and just have my same life that I've had the, ne- the next day. Right. And so it's almost turned some of us into feeling like a failure. Like, oh my God, I should have been listening to that. And mm-hmm. why didn't I make that part of my routine? And so my book really covers, here's the big idea of this. Here's the motivation. And now here's the broken down steps into what you could do the minute you put your feet on the ground. And they're small. They're small steps that, that each of us can take to, reground and repurpose ourselves as we continue to pivot through life. Yeah. And I think that that is, is so important because people do feel like failures. Like I've felt that before after reading a self-help book where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing anything with this. I read it. And like you said, I went back to my normal life and Mm -hmm. didn't really do anything, but it's like, like the big picture, like you said, it's like, and sometimes you just need that motivator. Sometimes you don't even have to do exactly what the person said. It could just be, I simply just needed that motivational read for me to find what I have to do and not what that person's doing. Yes. And it's almost like a permission. I want to give women and every woman permission to feel what they want to feel and what Mm -hmm. they need to feel at that moment. Because I think that we have been, um, Hmm we have been told to feel a certain way and to show what's perfect and to show what's happy and to show what's the right path. But if we are given permission to live our lives with more joy and less should and expectation, we are setting the future up. And of course I think about it in this way, because I have kids we're setting our own future and the one that's going to come next in our children and the next generations to pivot what's, what's a priority to them. Mm -hmm. And is the priority going to be monetary success? Because that really hasn't been working in our culture or is the pivot going to be joy? And like, what makes you happy and think about what we could do to the mental health world, Mm -hmm. to our, the, you know, exercise industry, to the nutrition industry, whatever. If we just, if we change those mindsets of ours, and focus more on what brought us joy and less about what brought us status. Mm-hmm. 
status is, I think it's like such a negative, toxic thing that is happening on social media everywhere. The followers that you have, the likes that you have, where's your picture being taken? If it's in your backyard, that's boring. But if you're in Dubai, that's amazing. Like (laughs) it is. Yeah, it is. I I Um, do see a slow shift in social media in what people are asking for. mm -hmm. Um, and I hope that that continues. I really hope that continues for your generation of mothers, the mothers that are coming. I think that there are some really incredible people out there on social media who are sharing what's real Mm -hmm. and sharing what's good, but also sharing what's like, not that great. Yeah, I agree. I see that too. I feel like I'm seeing more people just show up unfiltered, wanting to come on, no makeup, hair in a bun, being like, this is life, you know? So I think that's amazing. I think it's important too, you know, for your kids growing up too, is to to not have it be a toxic environment with social media. That's definitely very scary, but I do want to go back to something you were saying before too, is that like you ask your boys the same question that you ask yourself. And I, I think that's so special because not only are you being a great example of, you know, a woman who is putting herself first, taking care of herself, putting, you know, doing everything she can to be the best version of her for her family. You're also having your boys practice Mm -hmm. self-care at such a young age Mm -hmm. where, I mean, I, I don't think I ever was asked these questions. Yeah. <laughs> as a kid. yeah, no, I agree. And I don't think I was either. And I think it's probably a, maybe a generational thing, but I also, you know, I look at how hard we all are on each other mm-hmm. and on ourselves. And that is something that I really want to change in my kids. I want them at every night at the dinner table. I ask them what they, how they failed. I mean, I want to know the good and I want to know the bad because those are things that build who we are. Celebrating the good builds who we are, but celebrating the failures and what you figured out from them, that's made me who I am. Yeah. And I want them to embrace those things and not be afraid of them. Yeah. I think that's like something that I want to make sure I do too, because I get really annoyed when I see like this, like every kid gets a trophy world that we're living in and they don't acknowledge the failures or they don't feel a loss because unfortunately, like you do have to feel a loss to Mm want to work harder. If you win Mm -hmm. every baseball game, well, you're doing pretty good. What's the point of trying anymore? Right. Absolutely. 100%. And I think the questions that we talk about each morning is for me wanting them to know themselves mm-hmm. and trust themselves because it's hard being a kid. And, you know, it's even harder being a young adult. I had no idea who I was when I was in my early mid twenties. And I thought I had to be a certain way. Yeah. And I want them to be confident in who they are. But I also believe that we can do that at any time. Like, like we, you and I just said, like, we never did that when we were kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, but we can do it now. Yeah. And then we become the examples to the little humans who come after us. Yeah. You know, and I think too, no matter what part of life, like when you're a kid or even now as an adult, like if you aren't taking care of yourself and you're not so sure of who you are and confident of who you are, then you're just a sponge absorbing everything from every friend group. You're adapting to all those people. You're not just being authentically you. You're just kind of fitting the molds of everywhere that you go. Right. Right. And again, like with the shield, like you just get confused at every turn because you don't actually know who you are Mm -hmm. and you're not comfortable with who you are. Yeah. Um, I think that's my big motivator in in that conversation with myself and with my kids is to 
promote being who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I do have, um, a couple of journeyer questions that I do want to okay. ask, make sure we get to them before the end of today's episode, but I'm loving this conversation. And I literally was like, I should pull these up. Cause I feel like we probably just in conversation answered a lot of them, but yeah. <laughs> I'll see which ones we haven't talked about yeah. yet. Um, but journeyers, thank you so, so much for sending these questions in. If you guys want to ask any questions for future guests, make sure you follow me on Instagram at you got this underscore the journey and respond in the stories or send me a DM with any questions you got. But all right, let's go to our our first question. So first question when it comes to self-love, do you struggle to shut down when it's time for self-love or you time? I find that my mind is just constantly racing. So it's really hard for me to actually relax. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I think we touched on this a little bit as we're like, let's get a pedicure and also scroll social media and write six emails <laughs> and, you know, right. you know, make the grocery list. Um, so yes, I do. And I think we all do. So let's normalize that, that we're not, you know, all Buddha here. So, um, <laughs> but one thing that really helps me is I write it down. It helps me to focus. I mean, I know I'm a writer, so it comes more naturally to me. Um, but even if it doesn't make sense, I'm just writing down words, writing down things that come to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also record yourself speaking or just talk in front of the mirror. And that sort of helps me focus and lets all of the extra leave my brain. So that would, I would try that. Yeah, I know for me, I, I experience this a lot when I'm meditating is like, I try to like, not think about everything else, but you can't help mm-hmm. it. It's like the grocery list is going off in the head and everything yeah. else. But, um, you know, something that they always say in meditation is like, you acknowledge the thought, but you don't give a feeling to it. It's like, you don't put shame on it or like bad Shannon thinking of like life. (laughs) Right. Right. I think that when you, you know, if if you, if you are going to try meditating and we've had, we talked about this too, I, what helps me is to visualize something. Mm -hmm. So I actually put myself when my eyes are closed and I'm sitting there peaceful, I put myself in a place and then I visualize. So it's not just an empty room or a cloud or the sky, you know, I'm actually someplace. And that really helps materialize things for me. And I do get a lot of great ideas when I sit in peace. So I, I definitely think it's worth doing. It's just figuring out a way that works best for you. Yeah. You know, I actually, I, I agree with you because I'm thinking back to meditation practices that I've done and the ones where they really, really clearly describe like a beach or a forest. Yes. Like I really can be in it, but other yes. ones where I don't get that description. I think that's when I'm like going to other lost. thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. All right. Next question. Um, I'm torn between going back to work or staying home with my kids. I love the time I'm spending with them, but I want to keep my independence with work. Any advice? Yeah. Yeah. This that's is a, a tough, tough one. one. I feel like this is this something is I think about a lot too. It's like one of yeah. the million anxieties I was yeah. talking about is like, yeah. will I want to be home with the kids and lose my work independence I have, or how will I do that? So, yeah. So I would say a couple of things and I obviously don't know how old her children are, but I will never regret being home with my kids for the seven years that I was ever. Mm-hmm. It was now that they're older and they have their own little lives and their own activities and friends and things like that. I'm like, well, wait, nobody wants to go to the zoo. Well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Does anyone want to bake with me or like read books or watch Thomas the train? Aww. Like what mom? No. Um, so I will never, ever, I would never do that any differently. Mm-hmm. And I, and my life was also 
my husband travels a lot for his job. So for our life, it was more peaceful at the time. And that was completely my choice. It was also my choice to turn around and go back because I do know the feeling once I had four boys in this house, I was like, I got to get out of here. I need something for myself. I do think that even in the last five years, there is such an opportunity for mothers to do both if that's where their heart is. And, um, and I will 100%, you know, advise or support women to again, ground down into who they are without the screaming children in the background, without the work calling and to listen to the clues and listen to what they hear their own souls say to them. Um, and here's the thing that's the best advice my father ever gave me is very few things are permanent. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like it, switch. If it doesn't work, make a change. Like, yeah. like we've been talking about, I think that we're feel like we're so stuck. Like if I choose this path, this is the path forever. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. Yeah, I definitely struggle with that a lot. And this actually brought up another question that I have just based on the question that we just um, answered. But so let's say somebody, you know, they stay home with their kids and Mm -hmm. now get to the point, like you said, where it's like, all right, like the kids are doing their own thing. It's time for me to get back to me. I feel like this could be really hard for a lot of women. It's like, oh my gosh, like, who am I? I've been mommy at home. Like, can I get back into to the nine to five industry? Can I start my own thing? And it's like, I, I think it's a really scary and difficult challenge for people to get back up after they maybe stayed home mm-hmm. for so long. Mm-hmm. What are your tips on that? Yeah, I would say a couple things. One, utilize mom groups. I'm happy to be anyone's mom group if they need one. Um, and get advice from a collective group of women that you trust Um, It doesn't even have to be your friends in person because sometimes they are on their complete own journeys and that's a healthy boundary, but there are plenty of small, you know, new mother mom groups who are, who can provide, you know, advice or whatever. Um, The other thing that I would say is, is to, and I know that I talk about this a lot is to sit with yourself and just be for a little while, know that that thought and that idea is there with you. But the thing is, is we can't predict the future no matter what. So Mm -hmm. even if you think like you're going to have this perfect pregnancy and three months later, you're going to go back to your job. Like that may all flip on its side. Mm -hmm. And I think COVID taught us all that we can't predict the future and it's not fair for us to try to do that. And the only thing that trying to control and predict the future does is elevate our anxiety. And women have enough of that, you know? So true. So, if, so we just true. Sort of, if we just sort of wing it, then we know that it's everything's figure outable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that a lot. Like, I feel like when I'm most anxious is because I'm creating scenarios of the future that, yeah, that I don't I, exist. No. And, and I I'm actually, the same way. yeah. And I heard the other day it was like 95% of the thoughts that we have will yeah. not come true. Yeah. Like there's only five. Wow. I have not happen. heard that, but that is alarming <laughs> for the things going on in my brain at right? all times. It actually, oh. it's funny. It was an anxiety meditation practice. And that's what the guy said. And I sat there like, that makes me feel a lot better that 95% of these scary things yeah. I've made up in my head yes. won't happen. <laughs> yeah. And just think about how much more fun you would have exploring life. If you, if we didn't, if we yeah. didn't have all that, 
that we can't even do anything about anyways. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's what I try to go back to all the time. Like I have the opportunity to have fear and anxiety, or I have the opportunity to listen to my gut and know what she needs. And sure, let's go on this adventure. Let's try this. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's like you, you have to get a little excited about the unknown instead of fearful of it, yeah. you know, see yep, like the opportunities sure. of it that could come. Yep. yep. Um, all right. Uh, next question. Let's see. Okay. So how do you continue to find joy when you feel like you're the one who is doing it all? I feel mm-hmm. like moms can be super unappreciated at times. And yeah. oh my God, it makes me like, I want to call my mom and apologize for any time I bitched or complained <laughs> or was like me when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it took me, I've been married for 13 years and it took me probably 10 years of those 13 to realize that everyone has their own capacity. And I have a very large capacity. That's it's who I am. I can take on a lot. I thrive when I'm taking on a lot, but maybe my spouse doesn't. And now to be clear, he does wash the dishes at night and he does vacuum and he puts the kids to bed too. And so our life is, he's a, he's a very wonderful husband in that way. But I know that the day-to-day is my role right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that I can take that on. Um, I think that it is one of the things I would say is set good boundaries. Yeah. And the other thing that helps me is every night before I go to sleep, when our minds are racing, right. About all these things that are not going to happen. Um, I have to routinely remind myself, like you did enough today. Yeah. Today you did enough. Will someone have, you know, will someone be missing some socks tomorrow and nobody's going to have a clean shirt? Yeah, that'll that'll happen. No one's going to have their project done and we're missing a boot and like all the things. Right. And that's okay. Cause like, okay, great. What's going to happen. It's not going to be that bad. So, but today you did enough today Mm -hmm. and that helps me sleep a lot better because it's true. Um, I think it's also a stigma going back to the selfishness of women and mothers that we think we have to do it all. Mm -hmm. We think we have to be everywhere for everyone with different dinners for everyone's, you know, appetite that evening or racing around to all the activities and things that we've signed up for, but we actually don't have to do all those things. There are Mm -hmm. choices that we make in our lives. So I'm become more conscious in my mothering years to say yes to the things that really matter to me and my family and say no to the things that we can let go of. And we have let go of a lot. Mm -hmm. Saying no is so important. I think for so many people, it feels like icky wrong. You feel like you're giving up, but it's so important. It's so, it is. and I think that there's a way to do it, right? There's yeah. like a respectful, especially if it's a family member or a tradition or whatever it is like, this is why I need to say no right now, because mm-hmm. this is what matters to my family and the happiness of me and my immediate family. Mm-hmm. Or when it, it's to my spouse, like I need to say no right now, because this is what I need right now. And I think that that's a very powerful word for mothers to know is okay to say, Mm-hmm. And hopefully that will help. Yeah. 
Oh man. I love that. Well, Rachel, I know after today's conversation, everybody's going to be like, how can I connect with her? Yeah. When can I get her to speak at my next event? So yeah, just take however long you want to promote this shit out of yourself and tell us how we can connect oh, with you. <laughs> you're so sweet. Well, I, you can always find me on Instagram. It's Rachel R A C H A E L underscore Amarante, A-M-A-R-A-N-T-E. I'm sure they'll be in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Um, I love DMs and all the things. Um, So definitely find me over there. And you can also via Instagram find uh, the link in my bio that is to my website, a newsletter where I share um, monthly, I'm not going to spam you over and over, uh, monthly no BS prompts and recipes and things that bring less BS to our to our lives. And I do have a course that I'm going to be launching later this spring that I am hoping is going to be a smaller group of people that will run for four weeks. And it's kind of focused around the goal of grounding down in order for us to find our power in this world. So whether that is it's going to cover personal, it's going to cover business, it's going to cover our bodies and our nutrition and how we move and things like that. So, um, I don't have all the details out, nor do I have a sign up, but you're welcome to DM me on that and, um, get in on that with me. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. You guys, I have to say, I've like checked out obviously Rachel's website and page and everything, <laughs> and you have some pretty cool hacks of getting your kids to eat healthy, right? Sure do. <laughs> I sure do. And my husband and myself when I just want, you know, cookies. So it's all good. Well, I want cookies tonight. So I'm probably going to go back to your page and find a recipe. Yes, do it. Yes. <laughs> and then also, uh, when are your books coming out? Well, I'll make yeah, sure I don't so forget I have that one that's coming out at the end of this month. God, it's March. Yes. At the end of March, one will be the end of May. And then my other one, like I said, is probably end of the year. That's a, that's a bigger run. Wow. So, that's so yes. exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. Awesome. Well, congratulations. I can't wait to read that. Um, one of my goals in life is to write a book. And since you have three Do coming it. out, I, I will definitely hit Do you up. It. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. Before we close out today's episode, did you bring a quote that you want to share with the journeyers? Yes. And which is actually funny because I was just saying it, but I know it's old and I know it's from Nike, but just do it is one of my favorite, most simple quotes. And I've been using that one since long before I had children long before, I mean, probably like right after college when I was lazy and didn't want to, you know, get up and work out or get up and go for a walk or whatever, when I could be a little more selfish as we we're talking about. And I would say those, those words myself, it's, it's pretty simple. You either do it or you don't. So you should just get up and do it. Yeah. Whatever it is, you should just get up and do it. Oh, I love that you brought that. Like a lot of times, you know, guests come on and and they're long, lengthy quotes from like, you know, all these speakers, but just do it plain and simple. Yeah, get off your ass is. and just do yep, it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Just get going on whatever it is. So, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, Rachel, thank you, thank so, you much so much for having me. This was amazing. I loved this conversation so much. Me too. Me too. You guys check out the show notes and see all of Rachel's information there and head over to my Instagram page because I'm going to be tagging her in all the fun stuff with her quote, video clip, audiogram. You guys know the deal. But um, yeah, connect with her and journeyers. I will see you next week for another episode of You Got This, The Journey. But until then, always remember... Through every high, every low, every positive, every negative, every up, every down, whatever it may be, always remember, you got this.